0: Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. I love coming to Redcliffe. It's awesome. Let's put our hands together for the worship team. Um, That was was like warfare today. I love that. I want to give a a special... uh, welcome and honor more so than anything to pastor sam and carolina uh, as they lead this incredible location and i just love you guys yeah. and for your team that supports you yeah. phenomenal yeah. what's taking place and, and so it's my great honor to be able to share uh, the word of god with you and i know this is that when we speak and when we share the word of god god has the ability to speak to us and i, I pray that he would speak to each and every one of us i, I love our theme for this year is uh, when Pastor Mark and Lee busted it out late last year, something just resonated uh, in my heart, this theme of New Horizons, which is our overarching theme for the year, but also through the months of January and February, we've our preaching team have narrowed it down and looked at specific messages around this theme, and I get to close it out uh, with you today and also tonight. And uh, as I consider what that word horizon is, is that the horizon is a place where the, where the earthly meets the heavenly. <laughs> it's the place where the temporal collides with the eternal it's the place where the natural can meet the supernatural of God power of God and for you and I we are positioned in a natural realm but where God has also positioned us in a spiritual realm and I pray as I preach this message you would see the natural aspects of your life colliding with the supernatural power of God is that you are not just a natural being although you are natural but God has placed his spirit inside of each and every one one of us, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in each and every one of us. And so you you are just not a natural being, you are a supernatural being. A place where where the earthly can collide with the heavenly. A place where the naturalness of your life collides with the supernatural power of God. As I have considered this message, and as we look out at the horizon, have you ever stood on the shore of a beach and looked to the horizon? Have you ever driven down the highway and seen the horizon in front of you? Have you ever stood on a mountaintop and considered the horizon that's in front of you? And this year, I pray that every time you see a horizon, it's the colliding of your life with God. Yeah, Researchers would say this, if you stand on the, on, on the edge of the ocean and you look out at the horizon, is you can actually see the horizon is approximately five kilometers away, before it just dips there. However, if you climb Mount Everest, and now your eyes are at a higher elevation, is you can now see that the horizon is some 370 kilometers away. So the whole premise of my message is this. The higher our eyes, the greater that you and I can see. And I've titled my message, Lift Up Your Eyes. Uh, Lift up your eyes. Uh, Lift up your eyes just from a a natural perspective and see into the supernatural perspective that God has for us. Uh, I'm reminded of that story in 2 Kings where, where Elisha is with a servant. And there's like a a great army that's going to come over the horizon to attack them. And Elisha prays for his servant and says that your eyes would be opened. And as his eyes are opened spiritually, he now sees in a whole different dimension that even though there may be an attacking army coming down upon them, he now sees horses and chariots and the fire of God all around about them. I pray that you and I would open our eyes... To see who is for us rather than who is against us. Paul prayed in one, uh, Ephesians 1.18 that we, the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened or opened. Would you and I lift up our eyes to all that God has for us. All, all the way throughout the word of God is that God has encouraged his creation to lift up their eyes. To lift above just the natural. All through Isaiah, he spoke to Isaiah and to the children of Israel saying lift up your eyes. To Abram in Genesis 15, is that he pulls Abram out of the tent and says, Abram, look, look up, look up and consider the stars of the sky, and says and prophesies to him that this is going to be the numbers of your descendants. Would you and I lift up our eyes? Is that Jesus encouraged the disciples? Lift up your eyes. Is David in a Psalm 121, verse 1, he declares these words He says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come from? And he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Is that David asks a question and then answers his own question. Does anyone have friends like that that ask the questions? They don't even give you time to respond. And so David asks the question, but he also answers the question. And this verse, the focal point of these verses is not about what you and I see, but on who we know. It's not about the adversity or the problems coming our way. It's about who do we actually know? And David says, "I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills." Cuz whence does my help come from? And then he says, "No, no, no. My help does not come from the hills. My help comes from God who creates heaven and earth." He gets a whole new perspective. I wonder what it is when you and I are going through adversity. What do we put our trust and our confidence in? Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to trust in human resource and human solution and the wisdom of mankind? Or are we going to trust in God? Is that David made this choice, he made a decision that he was not going to uh, trust in in his five senses to see what was coming over the hill. No, he was going to be determined that he was just going to put his trust and confidence in God. Would you and I lift up our eyes? Lift them up a little bit higher this year. A year of new horizons. And see God in his fullness. The fullness of God. Now, Isaiah talks about the train of his robe filled the temple. Yeah. The fullness of God in every aspect, and every area of our lives. For the rest of this message, I want to camp in a, a chapter of the Word of God, John chapter 4. We're going to go through a lot of verses here. Great story of Jesus' encounter with a woman at the well that leads to a great revival amongst the whole city in which she dwelt. So we're going to pick up the story in verse 3 of John chapter 4 says this, then Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria, but he needed to go through Samaria. We've got to have an understanding here is that the Jews and the Samaritans, they did not like each other. They were totally opposed to each other. And so when Jesus is saying to his disciples, we're going to go from Judea to Galilee, but the route we're going to take, we're going to go through Samaria, I'm sure there was great opposition for the disciples. Because the Jews just did not associate with the Samaritans. Because there are two ways you could get from Judea to Galilee. Is you could go through Samaria, which the Jews just decided we're not going that way, which is a shorter route, but they would always go a longer route. They have to cross over the Jordan River two occasions to get there. And so here Jesus saying, but I, I needed to go through Samaria, was faced with great opposition. And Jesus was simply saying "At these words, I, I am compelled to go to places that you don't want to go to. There was a compelling need for Jesus to go through the city of Samaria because he knew what was ahead in store for him. He knew that there was going to be a divine encounter that would take place with a woman at the well. There was gonna be a divine encounter with destiny. There was gonna be a divine encounter that would enable the, the rivers of living water to flow just not over one individual life, but that river of water would now flow throughout a whole city. And so Jesus is saying, I've got to go through Samaria, even though you don't want to go there, because there's great need, there's great mission for each and every one of us. I found this in God, that God has purpose for your life. Humanity may have spoken over your life and said, you don't have hope, you don't have purpose, you don't have mission. You could never do that. You are too small for that. You are too insecure for that. I, I want to cut off every one of those negative words today every fear that potentially is holding you back, the fear of failure, the fear of the future, the fear of self, whatever the fear is that has imprisoned your life today, I'm declaring freedom in the name of Jesus. And by this verse, my first thought is this, is that Jesus just just didn't go places. Is that Jesus went to places because he was sent to places. Jesus went to places because he was sent to places. And he was sent to places because he was always on mission and purpose from God. And I'm determined this year, and I'm prophesying to your life, is that you're just not going to go to places this year. Is you're going to have a realization that God is sending you to places. That we're just not going to work this year. Is we're being sent to work this year. I'm just not going to encounter my neighbor this year. No, I'm being sent to have an encounter with my neighbor. I'm just not going to the supermarket this year. I'm being sent to the supermarket because there may be mission and purpose that God has for me. I'm just not going to school or university this year. No, I'm being sent there because God has got mission and purpose for each and every one of us. God has got great things in store for you this year. I find this. I've never had to look for a God opportunity. Is God presents opportunity day after day after day, would you be aware wow. that you're just not going to places? You're just not going to find yourself at places. Oh, I want to get here. No, no. God is sending you to places wow. because He has mission and He has purpose. He has people on His mind, and you and I are the great carriers of His presence. His presence wow. makes a, a difference. Verse five. And so He came to the city of Samaria, which is called Shechem. And now the plot, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, it was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink? A Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Let me just back up for one moment, just while we were in worship. And between services, I, I was speaking to Amanda. I've never met Amanda before, I don't think, in my life. And Amanda, God, God just gave me a word when we were in worship for you. And it comes from 2 Corinthians. Uh, verse 14, we'll read from. It says this, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And as I just consider this verse for you, is that God has placed a fragrance on your life. The fragrance of Christ is in you. And wherever you go, and God's going to send you places. This year is that you carry, you carry a fragrance and in that fragrance there, there is salvation through the name of Jesus. That so There is miracle working power in the name of Jesus. And as, wherever you go, I just see this fragrance just being diffused off your life. And, and ones are, are going to come into that saving grace of Jesus. But even those ones that don't believe in Christ, they're going to know there's something different about your life because God has put you in a place where you're going to triumph in everything. And even though the enemy would come and giants would come to distract and to rob things off your life, is that God has caused you to triumph. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your great word today. I thank you. To, I'm prophesying to her heart today, Father, her fragrance is going to set captives free. Heal the brokenhearted. Bring liberty, Father, to those who are oppressed. Healing power in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks in your wonderful name. And so here we have this amazing conversation that's taking place between Jesus and a woman Jesus has journeyed all day he now finds himself in a place where he's tired and he sits down at the well of the city and as he's sitting there at the sixth hour is a lady comes to draw water which was uh, around midday Pe- people normally did not come to draw water in the heat of the day but Jesus was here just sitting he was waiting for an encounter with humanity and I love that Jesus has always got time for you and I, to have an encounter with Him. And He sits by the well, and the well of the ancient days was always the meeting place of humanity, is that people would come to the well, is that the animals would come to the well, is there was a common denominator across all of God's creation, is that different times we will all thirst. Yeah. And so He knew at some point in time humanity would be thirsty and He would have the opportunity to engage with humanity. And I love the the well was a place that united people, it was a place that connected people, it was a place that gave resource to humanity yeah. and to animals. And I don't think it's any coincidence that that's the place where Jesus would find himself. Yeah. He'd find it was the place that would connect us and unite us. That would place that provide for us, because that's who he is. Yeah. That in a fractured, broken world is that he's the one who unites us. In, in a world that is not really after meaningful connection, is that he's the one that would build real connection with us. That we are in times of need, and he was always our source and our supply in every area of our life. And so here he's sitting at at that place, a place that unites us, connects us, and provides us. And I, I encourage that you would find yourself in the company of Christ on a frequent, frequent basis. Because he unites us and he connects us provides for us. I find it amazing I can bring that thought on Life Group Expo Sunday, Mm, because I don't think there's any better place for you and I to build connection and unity where needs can be met than in life groups. And I'm not here to convince you, Well, I am really. (laughs) I know it's gonna be better for you. And so I would ask, and my second thought is this, would you and I be intentional about our places of connection this year. That wherever that place is, whether it's home, tonight, around the table, that mums and dads, that we would be intentional around the meal table. That as you're engaging with next door neighbour, you'd be so intentional about that connection. As you're engaging with ones at work or university, would you be so intentional about that relational connection there? If you want to lead a life group, is I encourage you to lead a life group. Is that God's placed something inside of you that can't be contained just for you. He wants to bust it out for somebody else. And Jesus, here sitting at the well, just waiting for an encounter. Would you and I find ourselves at that place where we can draw from his ever-ending supply? Verse 13 says, And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. She still has an under- doesn't have an understanding of what Jesus is really saying. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. How did the, how did the conversation change so quickly? Yeah is that there was just like this great dialogue that's taking place about living water and physical water and drawing from Christ. And now Jesus just cuts across that whole conversation. He says, go bring your husband to me. I love it that Jesus will always go there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and the woman replies, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said well. You tell the truth, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband And in that, you spoke truly. Oh, my God, how would you feel being that woman? Is that your whole life is now exposed. This guy you've never met is sitting by a well, the place of connection, and now he digs deeper than anyone's ever done. Has anyone experienced that digging of Jesus in your life? That he just knows everything. I love that he goes to those places where you and I are so, at different times, fearful to go with other people. He, was a, he, is a, he came and he dispensed both grace and truth. And I pray that you and I would dispense both of those. Both grace and truth. Is that Jesus literally comes and he puts his finger on the artificial substitute that she was using to quench her spiritual thirsts. I wonder what areas may be in your life and in my life that we've created as artificial substitutes to quench the spiritual thirst that we have inside of us. Is it Jesus saying to this woman, I know every aspect of your life, and yet I still choose to pursue you That that's the great love of an almighty God, is that God knows every area of my life. He knows everything about me. Hebrews says that we are naked in His sight. He knows everything about us, but yet still chooses to love us and pursue us. I am so grateful that we have a God who is so mindful of us, but so has a great future for us, and says, I'm going to pursue you in spite of your failings, in spite of what you did last night, in spite of where your mindset goes to us, in spite of what your thought pattern looks like, yeah. I know you, but yet I'm going to pursue you. Yeah. Would you allow the touch of God to come on that area that's stealing from you and I, from drawing from the wells of God, the everlasting water supply that he has for each and every one of us? Out of this passage description, Scripture, my thought is this, would you and I stop the bounce? Let me explain that. Is that this lady, she has bounced from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And we all have things we bounce to and from. And Jesus is saying, I've got the remedy to stop the bounce in our er- every air of our lives. Is the remedy is would you come and draw from his supply, from the everlasting waters of life. And some of us need to stop the bounce. Some need to stop the relational bounce, bouncing from relationship to relationship. Some of us need to stop the bounce from thought pattern to thought pattern to thought pattern to habit pattern to habit pattern, from misery to misery, from failure to failure. Would you and I stop the bounce? And we have to stop the bounce so that God can have every area of our lives. Because if I'm bouncing from my habit pattern to habit pattern to habit pattern, that that's the thing that becomes an insatiable appetite inside of me, is that I want that thing more than anything else. And Jesus said, no, stop the bounce and desire me than anything else you have in your life. Is that we need to replace the artificial with the real. We need to replace the temporal with the eternal. We we need to replace the natural things with the supernatural things of God. Would you stop the bounce? wonder what it is that you need to stop today to possess everything that God has for you. Is there nothing you could ever do that would separate you from the love of God? He loves you so much. In this moment, I'd just love us to close our eyes. I just want to ask you today, if there's ones here this morning that just need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, As you look at your life, your life is just bouncing from thing to thing. From habit to habit. From this situation to another situation. And you know inside of you that you need to stop the bounce because it's stealing, it's robbing from you. And the good news is that God knows all about the bounce. He knows about my bounce, He knows about your bounce. And the thing that will stop the bounce is coming into a relationship with Jesus. He has a remedy for it. This morning, I'd love to ask you, is it once here today where you just need to receive Jesus Christ for the very first time as Lord and Savior? Or maybe in this season, you've taken some backward steps in your relationship with God, but today you, you just know you need to surrender again, come back into the fullness of who He is, I'd love to pray for you if you're like that. If there's ones here would, this morning would just like to surrender their lives to Jesus, I'd love the opportunity to pray for you. And if you're like that today, just so I can know who I'm praying for I'd love you in this moment just to slip up your hand. If you need Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, you need the presence of God with you, you need the bounce to stop, I'd love you to respond to Jesus today. I love in the presence of God. God doesn't Come to condemn us. It brings conviction for you and I to come into a place of change. So I was look one last time. Is there anyone here this morning? I say, hey, Mike, would you please pray for me? I, I just need Jesus right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your saving grace. Even for ones that may be on a journey today, Father, I just thank you. I thank you. it's not in our strength, but it's in your strength. You accomplished everything on the cross and through your resurrection. that gave us entryway into the fullness of. Of who you are, and I pray your fullness would be over each and every life today. Would you and I simply just replace the bounce and draw from the river of God? You can open your eyes. We continue on this great story, verse 25. It says this, and the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Wow. He's just revealing his complete identity and nature. And at this point in time, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking to her? And the woman then left the water pot, went away in the city. It's like a complete change of scene. This dialogue that Jesus is having with one woman. Now she's exit the scene, goes back into her city. The disciples are now front and center. And she goes back into a town. And she says, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of who, him who sent me and to finish his work. And so the lady has left. Disciples have now come on the scene. The whole dialogue with the woman at the well is the woman, all she's been talking about and considering is physical water, but all Jesus has been talking about is spiritual water. Disciples now come on the scene and they do exactly the same thing. Is that all that they are thinking about is physical food, but all Jesus is talking about is spiritual food. How often do you and I get caught up on the temporary things of life? is we concern ourselves so often with the physical things that Jesus constantly trying to change our attention from the things which are physical to the things now which are spiritual and eternal. Would you and I lift up our eyes? Lift up our eyes. My thought with regard to this passage of Scripture is would would we allow the invisible to become visible? So often our eyes are just fixed on the visible things in front of us. And it takes all of our attention. It takes all of our concern. But this verse is saying to us, is no, allow the invisible things to start to become visible. 1 Corinthians 4, 18 says this, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The, The seen things in life have an expiration date attached to it. There's always an expiry date attached to everything you and I see. Right. And this verse is saying, would you and I f- switch our focus from the things which are seen to now the things which are not seen? Yeah. It's the things that which we see every day. as We see the medical reports, and we see the bank statements, we see the status of our relationships, and we see the, the problems all around about us. And this verse is saying, not saying that the, those things are not important. They are so important... But don't, don't allow them to, to capture our mindsets and our focus. Is it the reality of that? Lift up our eyes, because that's where our hope comes from. Yeah. Is that this is so real, but yet so is the supernatural realm so real? And if I'm going to lift up my eyes, I'm going to see the bigness of who God is. Yeah. I'm going to see the miracle working power of God. I'm going to see the promises of God. There. I'm going to see a God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-present, and available to us every day of our lives. Would we allow the invisible to become visible? As I think of my journey in the kingdom of God, maybe, I'm sure yours is exactly the same, is that my journey in the kingdom of God at 15 years of age began in the invisible And as I've journeyed with God, and as you've journeyed with God, that which was invisible when I was 15, now is visible. It's like, wow. As you and I walk by faith, is it things which were once unseen, as we walk by faith start to become seen. That's what faith is. Seeing those things which are not as though they are, is the kingdom of God begins with a seed and ends up in a harvest, It it begins in the invisible, but it starts to become so visible. I pray that each and every one of our lives is moving from the invisible realm to the visible realm. that That people, humanity, would see more of Christ in us day in and day out. Would you allow the invisible to become visible? God, change our focus. Jesus was always encouraging his disciples to turn their attention from their own needs to the needs around about them, I pray that God would do that with us as well, there's a world in need verse 35 do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest behold I say to you lift up your eyes, Jesus now saying these words lift up your eyes lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white to harvest you say hey guys, don't, don't just consider the earthly things Lift up your eyes. The fields are already white under harvest. He said, Don't just keep looking at the past. Look at the new and present thing I'm doing right now. I found that vision is a divine discontent. See, vision is a holy thing that God places deep inside each and every one of us that allows us not to become so comfortable with our past achievements. God does not want you and I continually looking backwards. God does not want us to rest on our past accomplishments. Well, I've done what I've needed to do. Now it's the next gen. No, 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 no. God places vision inside of us that compels us, even though we've accomplished things in the past, that there's more ahead of us in the future. It's a divine discontent. Where well, would you and I allow God to reshape our vision? I started off this message in Psalms of David saying, I'm going to lift up my eyes because my help comes from God. Is that there's a a vertical view of God that we've got to get. We've We've got to lift up our eyes and see the bigness and the magnificence of God. He's the creator of heaven and earth to encounter the splendor of who he is. But as soon as our eyes get just a mere glimpse of the greatness of God, is our eyes now need to turn onto humanity. It's not about just continually looking up and see the bigness of God. It's no, that has got to change my my natural eyes to see the world around about me. My thought in relation to this passage of Scripture is vertical eyes, open missional eyes. Is that we are all on mission. And when we get a vertical glimpse of God is now we get a glimpse of humanity and the need of humanity. Jesus says, lift up your eyes for the fields. I love that he doesn't just use the word field, he says fields, is that you and I go into different fields every day. To our relational fields and our work fields, university fields, is that there is God opportunity in every field. And he's saying, would you lift up your eyes, because the fields are white, there's a harvest ready for each and every one of us. As Dan said, you know, Matthew 28, to go into all the world, make disciples. And then this passage then goes on, verse 36 and 39. It says, And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. And both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that he ever did. This verse is talking about there's some that will go out and reap, and they'll reap a reward. There's others that will go out and sow, and they will also reap a reward. And there's also a reward that we're going to rejoice together. And so this passage talks to me about if we've all just got to play our part. It doesn't matter if you're a reaper or whether you're a sower, as we all get the same reward. We're just called to do our part to fulfill what God asks us to fulfill. Imagine all of us being totally aware of the gifts that God has placed inside of us and all of us now in a place where we are utilizing that gift for everything God asks us to do. Is the world could be changed so quickly? And so the great challenge at the end of this message is would you play your part? Would you play your part? Whatever that part is that God's asked you to play, would you do it well? Would you get involved this year? I found there's two places where God asks us to serve, to serve within the context of the church and then the world around about us. Both are so vital, both, both so crucial. We could build up the house of God. We could also change the world around about us. I As I read through the Gospels, I'm amazed of all the miracles Jesus did recorded throughout the Gospels. There's only three miracles that ever take place in the context of the church. Every other miracle is outside our walls. As God has designed us to carry spirit within the context of the church, but also into the world around about us. Would you simply just play your part? And where you may think, oh, I can't do that. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from Him. Whatever you're going through today, would you lift up your eyes? He's with you. Your help comes from Him. If you're believing for your kids and for salvation, for family members and loved ones, would you just lift up your eyes? Lift up your eyes. God's got it. Would you make connection with Him? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.